Welcome to the MTechCast, where we talk to industry experts about emerging technologies. Brought to you by CompTIA's Emerging Technology Community. Hello, and welcome to the MTechCast. My name is Jim Hamilton, and I'm your host for today. And I'm here with Maddie Martin with Smith AI. It's great to have you on the MTechCast today, Maddie. Thanks so much, Jim. It's good to be here. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in this interesting field of AI? Yeah, uh, so I am the head of growth and education for Smith AI, and I came to be in this field very circuitously. I went to college for economics, and then I graduated early and went to culinary school and got a job at a tech startup in the culinary world that was based in New York City, Um, moved out to California, was running partnerships and marketing for them at the time, and basically cut my teeth in startups and thought that I loved food, but actually I loved being in a startup more, worked at another startup, which is a marketplace for mechanics who went to your home to fix your car, and then got connected through that company to the current founder of Smith AI, co-founder of Smith AI, Aaron Lee, um, who, along with Justin Maxwell, developed this company, which is Virtual Receptionist for Small Businesses. Wow, fascinating. And in an interesting way of coming into the tech industry, uh, all of us come from different routes, and uh, it's, it's a fascinating industry to be in, so it's always interesting how people get here. So tell me a little bit about AI. I, I mean, in one sense, we have this Hollywood vision of AI and, 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 you know, what it can bring about. We're hearing a lot of doom and gloom and things like that. But uh, tell us about, you know, what you find exciting about AI and what makes it special and that we should take notice about. So I think that AI in the practical sense, right in the present tense, is the machine learning contribution and what it does for the regular routine tasks in our daily work and in our daily life. So what does it mean? It means that we can actually process at a higher level more often by taking off the most basic tasks from our plate and offloading them to technology. And whether that's data entry or lead qualification or scheduling um, automated emails and reminders, connecting the software that we use, um, our our physical and digital worlds connected, that is kind of the way that I see um, AI and technology operating in our lives today. I don't see it as for the, for the common folk, you know, you and I and everyone else who's not um, working in the deep, dark basement of the military, you know, cutting edge. <laughs> um, I think that it is, a, in practical terms, the machine learning and fast processing, giving it us access to it in work and in life so that we can use our brains for higher functioning. That's really interesting because often people think that AI is going to take away the good things from my life or, you know, take away the interesting jobs or that sort of stuff. And and you're absolutely right. You know, it can automate a lot of the things that, that you know, just, just aren't that exciting and that would make our lives better if we didn't have to think about on a daily basis. So that's a good segue into specifically, you know, what are the sorts of things, what are the sorts of mundane tasks, what are the sorts of machine learning applications that we can implement uh, that are going to make our lives better and, and, and make for better business outcomes? I, I mean, I think one of the most mundane tasks is data entry. 
um, I think one of the most boring and hated tasks is back and forth of email, trying to schedule a meeting that works for everybody's schedule. I mean, that makes me want to pull my hair out and not knowing (laughs) when someone's going to get back to you, if it's by the meeting deadline or not. Um, I would also say that looking up things with varying accuracy is a business concern. For example, um, with Smith AI, our receptionists often have an AI plugin that they use for certain businesses that have distinct service areas. Like, let's say, for example, you only work in a certain county um, and the person who you're speaking to is a potential lead for that business doesn't know what county they're in, as many people don't. They know what zip code they have, though. Um, And the receptionist can take that zip code put it into the system and immediately see like red light, green light. Is it in the county where the business operates, where the lawyer practices, for example, um, instead of saying, let me Google that for you. And, and mm. the problem with let me Google that for you is, you know, not just that it's a more time consuming task, but that you may get different results based on the type of query that you put in. Right. So it eliminates the variability of the results from the service that you're using or the product that you're using. So to me, that is a huge benefit that AI can solve today. Can you think of any other examples? I, it's funny because like I, my co-founder had just sent me like a link uh, in our Slack, not me, the entire team about how like voice prompting is a huge trend that's happening. And I think that's like, such a cool, like, I mean, I could have this conversation with you, like, for 24 hours straight, probably, like, there's so much cool stuff that's going on. But, um, like, the voice prompts actually become even more of a human automation, right? Like, instead of looking at your Google Maps, like, just having kind of a bug in your ear, like, to say, like, you know, turn right, turn left, and the trust in technology and just doing so, I think that there's kind of a gap right now where it's like, I need to monitor the technology that's monitoring me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I need to snooze my Gmail and trust that it's going to come back to me when I need to complete that task or follow up with that person, right? And, and that's kind of like I'm actually clearing it off my brain and letting the technology do what it needs to do and trusting that it will come back to me when I programmed it to. And like with the, with navigation, for example, like, um, we trust that our alarm clocks are going to wake us up at the right time, but we don't let our cars turn right for us. You know what I mean? So I think that that's where there's going to be a huge gap that's kind of interesting. And then there's this new technology for customer service. Like it's called Whisper. It's like voice suggestions to um, me. Let's say I'm a customer service agent to like actually put in my brain, like what to say next instead of reading it. So this, there's something about like human processing speed there that I'm, I'm still trying to kind of figure out applications for that could be very relevant for Smith AI, but could also be very relevant like in our daily lives and actually could even, it's like the person who's going to sleep and listening to those recordings, you know, like are we able instead of seeing something or, or um, having that Google navigation to have to look and see if you don't, if you've got it in mute and you don't look, you miss your turn anyway, right? Like technology is, 
useless unless you're paying attention to it. But there's something about this like voice prompt where you have to pay attention to it because it's basically in your ear and it directs you to do things with less processing speed than it would normally take you. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that when leveraged result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org register. So that, that, that's really interesting. And, and I, I think sometimes people are challenged to think um, or see exactly how people are leveraging AI. Um, so that, that's, a, that's one example. What are some of the things in our daily lives that will be affected by AI? One other example that I want to give that's, I guess, more exciting and, and not so boring <laughs> that actually I think is really cool that it, it accentuates, I guess, like our natural abilities because that just reduces time, right? Um, and you could give directions to someone to put the same query into Google every time. What you can't give directions to is, can you start speaking in Spanish, Jim? Because me personally, like I speak a little bit of French, but I don't really speak any Spanish. Now, if I'm on a website and I speak Spanish and I'm trying to hire an immigration attorney um, for a visa matter, for example, um, or another immigration matter, and I am in touch with web chat that's staffed by live receptionists and I get an English speaking receptionist, well, you would think that that's a, a barrier to qualifying the lead to, to getting that client captured, right? Well, one of the coolest things that AI is currently doing, at least within our Smith AI ecosystem, is on web chat, if I'm an English-speaking receptionist, I can respond to your Spanish chat, which has been translated to me in English. I can respond in English, and it's instantly translated to you in Spanish using a neural network framework. So that is machine learning that absolutely augments and improves an experience that isn't just a simple matter of reducing time spent back and forth scheduling via email. It actually really makes life better for that person and for the business. Right. And, and do the people who are using that kind of technology, do they understand that an AI is involved? Like, I wonder how much of our daily lives and our interactions in our daily lives where AI is being leveraged under the hood and we just, we just don't even know it. Yeah, so what we find is that the when I have reviewed the chat transcripts that are being uh, translated in real time, because it is an English-speaking but live receptionist, it's a real person, they're writing in a way that is really natural and, and personal, and the translation is so good that the person on the other side is not asking for clarification or a restatement of the same thing because they're not understanding. In fact, the conversation is happening fluidly. So as you see um, the back and forth reduced or not even there and the conversation happening um, seamlessly, I would say that that's an indication that the technology is working very well and, and that the translation is serving the need, which is basically to re reduce delay of service delivery. Yeah, and answer. 
Yeah, fascinating. Um, and, and really, that, that's, that's as you talk about getting rid of mundane tasks and you think about all the things that we leverage in our daily life that aren't AI that get rid of mundane tasks like washing the dishes or, you know, that sort of thing. That's really the, the future for AI, right, where it just becomes embedded extension of our lives and makes our lives better. It expands your capabilities, right? So if I don't speak Spanish and then all of a sudden I'm more useful to my company because of the technology that they levered, then it actually gives me better job security too because what could have been the case, I could have been replaced with a bilingual receptionist. And right. then I have a lag time. I can't instantly, you know, get proficient in Spanish. Um, right. So it actually gives me a lot of job security there. Yeah, interesting. So a lot of business benefits to AI. Um, as you know, a lot of our, our members at CompTIA are in the business of providing technology services, either as a partner, a technology partner, or, you know, a vendor, a distributor, that kind of thing. How do you see... Um, partners and the channel specifically making money off of this kind of technology? Where, where's the biggest opportunity for them? I, I think it's in the focusing of the right playbooks and workflows to use and then to implement those for the businesses because the thing that businesses don't have is time and energy and the wherewithal to dedicate an entire Saturday to putting together their, you know, scripts. Let's, let's keep the web chat, you know, metaphor going or, or that scenario going. What, what businesses really, and this is what I find working with our clients and people who I'm interacting with um, around the country and small businesses, they don't have the time to, to set all this stuff up. So what, what the, you know, managed service providers and, and IT consultants can do is to do that as a service on behalf of the clients. And the nice thing is, is that it definitely has economies of scale because as you work with a ton of law offices or medical offices or hotel chains or whatever the case may be, whatever vertical you're in or multiple verticals, the playbooks are repeatable because we know that lead conversion tactics are repeatable and good customer service tactics are repeatable. So they can help them not only with that initial Q&A, what are the most common questions you're getting, how do we screen and capture and schedule new clients and leads for your business, but they can kind of drink the Kool-Aid themselves and put these things to the test for their own company and then apply that to their clients. So it's time tested. They are serving the same Kool-Aid that they're drinking and they are intimately familiar with the software because they're using it on a daily basis. And they can even encourage their clients to put them to the test by going on their own website and chatting with them. So it's a proof of concept that can be done in real time without a demo, for example, and, and the clients can use it themselves and be sold by the, by the experience that they have themselves, uh, which is a very short sort of buying cycle as well. Do you think that people will have trust issues in dealing with an AI? Are there possible benefits uh, because it's not coming from a person? And I think that there is a trust factor and it has to do with your exposure to the technology over time and the proof of the concept. So like we don't 
question anymore. If you have your phone and it's plugged in and the alarm is set for tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., that you're going to hear the alarm go off, right? Even if it's daylight savings time. Even if right? it's even because if, it automatically updates for you, exactly. right? Exactly. You don't even worry about it anymore. You just worry about being tired. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and maybe you'll be less tired if you have fewer chores to do during the day. But <laughs> if you, you know, that's the same thing. Like we still, I'm thinking about like how I, you know, plug my phone into my car and I put my Google navigation in because I've lived so many different places and I, I'm constantly like, uh, okay, I lived in California, I lived in New York, Philly. Now I'm back in Buffalo. You know, people make fun of me because I grew up there, but I only was there for a few years in my driving ages, right? My driving time. So from 16 to 18, you know, I was in Buffalo and then I wasn't. So I still use Google navigation, you know, Google Maps to navigate around. And I'm not embarrassed to say so. That's just what I do. But if I have the sound off, as I always do, because I don't like the sound, I'm still required to pay attention to the screen to see when I have to turn. And if it says three miles, to look back in time, or did I miss my exit? Like, I can still miss an exit, right? So Whisper, that technology, is um, very interesting in technology like it. Because what if instead, and I don't wear glasses, but let's say I was wearing glasses or an earpiece or something that instead whispered to me when to make the turn. And maybe this is like old hat because cars are going to be turning before this technology even comes to market. But like, Mm -hmm. We let the alarm clock wake us up. We don't let our cars take a right for us. So there's still some sort of gap that's there in terms of trust and letting the technology run itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we bridge that gap? And that maybe with things like um, improving access to our senses and our brain because of processing speed. So if you have something whispering to you in your ear, instead of having to remember to look at a screen to turn, does that improve accuracy? And I'm not going to miss any more turns because I'm never going to forget to look at a screen if I have something in my ear that will just tell me when to turn and I trust it. Mm. Or don't forget, Jim, to take the garbage out tonight because it's picked up tomorrow. Or don't forget, Jim, that you've got a meeting starting now and you're not in front of your computer, right? Or if I write something on my phone, for example, and let's say I make a grocery list and my phone dies, well, that's silly because then I'm back to wishing I had pen and paper. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And like my, the phone, I mean, phone batteries are actually more of a constraint on technology than almost anything else these days. You know, my laptop battery is more of a pain than, than t- the technology within it. You know what I mean? So, so how do we um, get more uptime with the technology that we have? But then also, how do we not have to remember where we put certain things or or what software we're using to keep track of our, our notes or our recipes or whatever it is. Like same way that I was saying with the groceries um, being ordered by the fridge, like maybe I don't even need a grocery list. That would be great. It was awesome. I was on a call the other day and we were brainstorming ideas and just ideas were coming out. Ideas were coming out. And about 20 minutes into the call, somebody said, wait, is anybody capturing these? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, actually, I'm totally in favor of like, I'm not one of these people who's like really worried about being recorded or monitored. I don't put like the little sticky up on my laptop over my video. Yeah. I just like, I have yeah. to fry. I don't know. Maybe I should, maybe that should be one of the big fish I'm frying, but it's not. So, so I think about like, not only, um, the the passive capture of data but also the the passive recommendations and learning from data so mm. like if you go back to the grocer like the fridge ordering groceries for you you could have different programs or you could let it sort of like program and run itself depending on maybe your personality or who you are but um or if you're an adult or a child but let's say that you have your fridge ordering groceries based on your current preferences, or it's based on certain health recommendations from your doctor and that feeds into the data, or here's your current like biometrics and you should be eating these things. And that's what your fridge is ordering for you. Um, I mean, I think that there's sort of an optimization um, angle here. That's, that's pretty fascinating. And how much are we willing to hand off to technology to let it help us help ourselves? Mm, interesting. And, you know, the nice thing about technology, too, is it's judgment-free, right? It's, it's, it's just it's technology. It's not... And it's data-driven, you know? It's yeah. like maybe it knows that you don't like the taste of broccoli, so it's going to order you green peas instead, but the green vegetable benefits are there. Well, great. Right. And we know your preferences, and we, we also give you your nutrients. In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. Right. So let's talk about that experience a little bit because, uh, you know, usually when you think about like if I'm selling servers or backup disaster recovery or, you know, these sorts of things, there's, there's, there's some technical heavy lifting there, right, that you need to understand. Um, when it comes to selling AI, like the type of AI that, that you provide, how, how technically proficient do I need to be? What kind of skills do I need to develop? How do I take something like this and onboard it? I think there needs to be, like anything, um, a basic questionnaire for your goals with the technology and any good client-driven business will back things out to those goals. If we know at Smith AI that a lot of the businesses we work with are focused on improving their marketing ROI, their responsiveness to leads and clients, reducing interruptions, then we focus our questionnaire on capturing the information to identify what makes a good quality lead for your business. Do you accept you know, consultations with clients and how, and do you charge for them? You know, all of this information that we need to work 
well on their behalf so that we can reduce those interruptions and so that if they get appointments booked with new clients, that they're good potential clients and that we're not wasting their time. So that initial vetting process of those clients, it's working closely with the clients. And as I said, if you are familiar within a certain vertical, the more you do it, the more you can kind of pre-answer and attempt to answer on behalf of the client so that all they have to do is review and revise rather than start from scratch every time, which is a huge service add-on to say, look, we have a playbook that works well for our other law firm or medical office clients. This is what we would recommend. How can we tweak it to best suit your business? And then the onboarding time is reduced. So it's, it's less about understanding the technology and more understanding the business process and then being able to adapt the technology to the business process. Exactly. And, and all MSPs know that you don't want to get bogged down in all of these technical details. All you end up doing is overwhelming people. And really, if you can put it in practical terms in the day-to-day workings of their business, that is going to be the biggest seller. How do you speak their language in terms of their pain points and how you'll solve them in real world? terms, not in trying to dig yourself a hole of explaining what AI is and why your business needs it, because that's just going to be beyond the day-to-day vision that they have in, you know, solving their problems and in paying for a service that they can see as immediately useful. Right. Well, let's. This is fascinating. Let's think a little bit about where the technology is going, because that seems to be the headlines today, right? You know, with with leading tech people talking about the dangers of AI and you know needing to have a kill switch on the internet, or or you know even things like about you know jobs disappearing and new jobs appearing. Personally, I'm I'm much more optimistic about technology and its impact on our lives, so I'm not sure I quite buy all of that. But tell us where you think, you know, this bold world of AI is going in five, ten years. What's our life going to look like, and and is it going to be better? Uh, What do you think? I think that we will have a lot more brain space for higher-level thinking, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, because a lot of these most basic tasks will be um, either automated or done for us or not require um, as much thinking as they require. Because, for example, your fridge is going to order your groceries and they're going to be delivered or maybe put into your fridge, you know, for you. So what does that mean? It means that you have more time and less time spent on chores. So it's more time for work and play and time with people you love and more time for travel and activities. And, and maybe that means there's more work-life balance, or for some people who are motivated by, you know, the alternative, more time for being more productive and getting more done in each day. Um, it, It depends on how you use that time that's freed up for you or how you use that brain space that's freed up for you. Do you use that time to meditate when you would have been, um, you know, working on some basic tasks or balancing your checkbook or whatever the case may be, right? right? I mean, no one balances their checkbook. Well, not nobody, but very few people actually physically balance their checkbook anymore um, because things are way beyond that. You know, we're getting uh, reports on what percent we're spending on entertainment and food and utilities every month without our involvement at all. Um, Right. and, And, or, so instead of meditation, do you spend that time to 
learn a, a new language because it pleases you, not because you need it for work, but because you want to learn Russian, right? So, so I think that it gives us the opportunity to have the sort of lives that are more enriching to us because we're not bogged down by those tasks that we so often resent that are routine and dull. For some people, like going back to cooking, like I love to cook. Other people would think that's the biggest chore in the world, right? So it's totally personal how it's going to translate into our lives. Right. And I can see that in the workspace, too, where you think about how much of your time each day is dedicated to things that aren't terribly excited, like reading emails and responding to emails. And, you know, you mentioned scheduling appointments. That's a great example that just, you know... I want to tear my hair out. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's soul sucking. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I can see where it would free us up to just do the things that are much more rewarding. So you definitely sound like a, a glasses half full kind of person when it comes to AI in our lives. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think the glass is overflowing and the brain yeah. is going to increase because like the glass can't handle what's going what, what's gonna to fill it up these days. Like it, I think it's just incredible how... The brain right now is so bogged down by, by tasks and the stress that that creates that hopefully like by relieving all of these things that nag at us, that are these chores that we resent. So also there's not just stress, but probably anger. Um, I mean, I really think like we're going to be living in a better world. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Maddie, for being on the podcast today. Uh, for those uh, I didn't mention at the beginning, but Maddie is the head of growth and education at Smith AI. And I'll include uh, a few links so that you can go and check out more about Smith AI. Uh, but thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much, Jim. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the MTech Cast. To learn more about CompTIA's emerging technology community, visit comptia.org/communities.